Hey, good morning, everybody. Realty expert John Brodeen is our guest this morning on your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast. We're going to be talking to John in just a minute. Hold on. What would tomorrow look like if you sold your house today? Maybe you'd move to a new city or a new country. Maybe you'd pick up birding or birdies. You could get into wine, not that into wine, or skiing, warmer skiing. Or maybe you'd spend more time doing nothing at all. When you're ready for whatever comes next, we'll be ready to help you get there. Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. All right, we are back with realty expert John Brodine. How you doing, buddy? Good. How about you, John? Good, good, good. Hanging in there. How you been? Yeah, good. My wife and I, we just got back from Banff. Uh, oh, we yeah. Up, week last week. Up so. in Canada, eh? Yeah, yeah. Banff, that's a pretty cool place up oh, there. yeah. It was unbelievable. Did you do anything real fun? Uh, yeah, we pretty much every day we were out, you know, either hiking mm-hmm. or checking, you know, driving to some of the things you can go see. And yeah, it was amazing. There's, so, so if yeah. you think about, you know, you look at the map and you go, okay, we could go vacation here, 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 go somewhere, you know, a lot of people are Florida or it's yeah. tropical and you guys, the Brodines picked Banff yeah. of all places. It's just something where you always wanted to go. Well, we both like the mountain vacations sure. and it's, it's a nice time of year for that. The weather's, you know, nice. There's tons of stuff you can go see and do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I mean, if you if you read on the internet, people say it's like some of the best mountain scenery in, it is, in North yeah. America. Sure, I, I'm sure like Alaska's got it beat, but aside from that, it's pretty crazy. It is it's, pretty nice, yeah. and it's not that far away. No, we just we drove up to Winnipeg uh, Saturday the twentieth, and then on the twenty first we flew out at like six a.m. Mm-hmm. So we were checked into our hotel by like 10 a.m. Yeah. time. So nice. Yeah, it was nice. wonderful. So did you bring the kid? No, no. No, 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 no. No, no we needed a little break. We need to get away. Thank she's, goodness for grandma stayed. and grandpa. Yep. <laughs> Both grandparents, they split the time. So You know, and the thing is, when you have a baby like that, it's usually uh, not very hard to find a babysitter. No. Uh, grandma and grandpa. Especially the first one. Yeah. First grandkid. Yep. Yeah. Wait till they get a little older and they start getting an attitude and, yeah. and they're like my granddaughter and it's a Sour Patch kid and uh, <laughs> yeah. grandpa changes is too and real quick. Sweet. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Say now, you know, we talk a lot about this. Uh, people living in apartments and trying to figure out, you know, when is the right time to buy and, and, and are you do you even need to buy a house? But how do you know when you're ready to buy your first home? Yeah. So, and what made me think about this is I was watching this new show on Netflix called How to Get Rich, and it's kind of a gimmicky title, but it's mm-hmm. really just a show about personal finance. And they kind of treat it like a makeover where the the host's name is Ramit, and he's helping out these like couples or single people, um, kind of taking a look at their finances. It's usually people who have kind of gotten themselves into some hot water somehow mm-hmm. and looking at where the problems are. And a lot of these people, um, so there was one person, for example, she was a, a young woman, single, and she had just bought her first place. She lived in California, and she bought a condo, and you know, she was making decent income, but she, I think she made kind of an emotional purchase on this condo. She got a pretty nice condo and it was basically causing her to be so house poor. Oh, sure. She couldn't yeah. do, do anything. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, he gives them some options. And so like in some cases he does a nice job of explaining to people, like you don't want to overextend yourself on your house. I think she was spending like, um, like 40 some percent of her before tax income oh boy. On, her, on her house yeah. payment, on her condo payment, because she had a really high HOA fee. There's a bunch of issues. Um, 
you know, so he helped her out with some options. It's like either you got to earn more money or you got to sell the condo or else you're never going to be able to reach mm-hmm. any financial goals of yours. Um, you know, there was another couple where they were both making decent money, but they both had a lot of debt, like consumer debt, student loans, mm-hmm. had like no savings, poor credit scores. And their big goal was to buy their first house. But in reality, they were not in a position to be able to buy their first house. It they it was more of an emotional goal for them. Sure. They, they thought that, you know, buying a home means that you've made it. Yeah, yeah. But they were in no position to buy a house because they had no savings for, first off, no savings for a down payment. They Even if they could have gotten in something zero down, it have been at high risk because they wouldn't have had the money to be able to maintain the property, mm-hmm. make repairs. Um so he does a good job of saying it's not always the best decision to buy a house. Now, he's really conservative on when he says you should, when you're ready to buy your first house. He says, the first thing he says is um, you shouldn't buy a house unless you're prepared to live in it for 10 years. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and that's ultra conservative, though. Cause sure. You've probably heard me say a bunch of times, like five years. Yep, and even yep. five years is on the Well, to get some equity side. into it, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And. You know, you'll hear some people even say three years, but the the main gist is that it needs to be a long term decision. And he could be saying that because maybe he says ten years, and then that gets people to think like six years, and then they're still making a good decision. But if you live in a place for seven years, you're going to be great. You're going to have paid down a lot of the mortgage. You're going to have probably gained some equity through appreciation. Um, so I would kind of disagree with him on that. I'd say if you're going to live in it for five years, you're yeah. Probably See, set. with me, I would go with the ten years just because I hate moving so yes. bad. I couldn't yeah. imagine moving every three years or every five years, but yeah. I yeah. get it. Yeah, and you know, so I thought that was kind of interesting because that's ultra conservative. But he's much less conservative on some other things that he says. So he says that your monthly housing cost should be thirty percent or less of your gross before tax monthly income. Okay. So we can compare that with like what Dave Ramsey says. Dave Ramsey says it should be less than 25% of your after-tax take-home income. Okay. So when you factor in how much people are paying in income taxes, sure, sure. that's a pretty big difference yeah. in percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably le- – and like Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank, yep. he says 30%. Um, so, But that's also after-tax. So you can see there's a pretty big difference. That's here. huge, yeah. And Ramit even says you can go up to like 32 or 33 if you live in an expensive city. I can't really comment on that because I know the market here. I know Grand Forks real right. estate. We're not an expensive city. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not Toronto or New York City or L.A. or San Francisco. Right, or right. So, um, but that's that's a lot of money. I mean, when you factor in how much you're paying for taxes, that could be, you know, 40 plus percent of your after tax take-home income where you're kind of like maxing everything out. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't suggest going quite that high for people. Dave Ramsey also says um, to that your house payment should be less than 25% of your monthly after-tax take-home income, um, and it should be on a 15-year loan. So that's even that's oh, wow. way more conservative. Yeah. That's that's hard for people to pull off. Pretty impossible for people to pull off unless they're extremely high income if they're in a expensive city. Sure. Even in a place like Grand Forks, that's hard to pull off for your average person. You have to be earning a pretty high income. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's very conservative and very smart if you can pull it off. You know, even before you get to that point, uh, one thing you had hit on earlier, John, was uh, the, about the couple, um, low credit score, yeah. uh, things like that. Well, that should be the first thing you got to worry about. You know, you think you've made it. Well, no, you're not even not even going to be close to getting out your first yeah. home uh, until you get that credit score taken care of. But um, 
the way it's going nowadays and, and the numbers we throw out there, yeah. I mean, just having a good credit score is dang near making it. <laughs> yeah, it is. Seriously. I mean, that's, and, and like, so figuring out your credit score is one of the first things you really should yes. do. And that's something that these people like were definitely working on, mm-hmm. but they, they had let some stuff go to collections. They had a couple bad marks on their credit it, score. It, it happens. And it's something you can totally repair, but yes, it's going to take some time. I've you done can't it. Rush it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's so... Yeah, I found that interesting though because their big goal of like owning a home is they obviously wanted like stability for their family and stuff, and they wanted a similar type of stability that they grew up with, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but um, owning a home, you can you can own a home and have it be a great decision and be very responsible, and it can be an excellent financial decision for you. But if you're not a if you're not in a position to be a responsible homeowner, it can actually be ba- be bad because you're yeah. kind of in charge of making sure that investment maintains its value and that its value you know improves along with mm-hmm. the market. And if you can't afford to maintain your home, uh, you know you you're bad with m- making payments on time. You can get yourself in more trouble than you would have been in if you were just renting. Right. Sure. Um, so it's definitely not not for everybody. Um, so we kind of covered how much you should. Um, how much you should spend as far as monthly payment goes on your house. Ramit from this show also said something I really liked. He said that um, you should save up 20% before you buy your first house, but you don't need to put all 20% down. So if you can make your monthly payment work by putting 5% down and keeping the rest in your bank account, that's fine to do. Sure. But it's just establishing that you should have some savings and that you shouldn't be like bleeding your account completely yeah, dry. Yeah, it just proves that you can yeah. <laughs> if you're save gonna some start, money. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to start with very little equity, if you were to do a loan down payment, it's much safer if you've got cash in the bank. If you don't have cash in the bank and you're starting with very low equity, um, you know everything can be made safer with time. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be in it for a long time, things think things can work out. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, let's face it: if you save up the, if you save twenty percent mm-hmm. uh, before you buy your first home, and, and like you said, only spend five percent, you still got that other fifteen percent. But let's face it: um, I don't know how many houses you have lived in in your life, but it, you might think it's turnkey and ready to go. But as soon as you move in. You're going to be doing something. Oh, yeah. You're going to change something. And there's nothing worse than buying a brand new house, possibly your very first house, and not being able to do what you want to it yeah. to make it your house. It's Uh-oh. still, in my opinion, somebody else's house. It's just I'm living there now. Yeah. yeah. You know? I, that's funny you mentioned that because, yeah, we ran into the same thing. You know, we bought kind of a – it was a it was moving ready where, mm-hmm. it, you know, it was livable, but it was – you know, a little bit outdated in some aspects. And we thought we were just going to have it, you know, exactly the way we wanted it within a year of buying it, you know. And now, what, uh, almost seven years later, we're we're, uh, (laughs) six years later, there's still stuff that, you know, projects. Oh, makes you feel any better. I've been working on mine for 17 years. Yeah, yeah. But the thing (laughs) is, you shouldn't be in any huge rush. Like, I wouldn't sell it with a project half done. Right, right. But if you can stay in it, you don't need to be spending, you know, 40 grand every year for three years in sure. a row on projects. That's such a huge expense. Mm-hmm. And that's all out of pocket, you know, unless you're taking out additional loans. And then now those additional loans that you're taking out to do it, now is your housing cost more than 25% of your after tax monthly take home pay. Mm. So, um, 
Yeah, it's it's something where it's fine to take it slow. And and the other thing you realize too is you have these big plans when you move in. If something's a little bit cosmetically ugly, then you get in there and it's just where you live. You know, it doesn't not every inch of it has to be pretty and perfect. You know, sure. you can do that over the long term. You don't have to. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. perfect right off the bat. I, f- I wish a lot more first time home buyers would realize that. And I do is the same thing when I was a first time home buyer. So I just had these grand plans of how it was going to look and how it was going to be perfect. And it's you get caught up in that, uh, you know, that, mm-hmm. like shopping mindset. You know, th- this reminds me of uh, when I went to school for radio and television. Uh, my my instructors and my teachers, advisors would always be, um, you just wait, you wait for yeah. ten years. Well, all these things, and you would just shake your head like, yeah. yeah. People need to listen to guys like you because yeah. it, 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 it's not your first rodeo. Yep. You guys are realty experts for a reason, and that's why more and more people, you know, you might think you're ready to buy your first home, but yeah. it's not going to hurt to spend 15 minutes and talk with somebody like you, uh, and maybe you could let them know. Yeah. You know, you might think you're ready, and you're really close, yeah. but, you know, there there's so many things to think about. You, you can have... A lot of people have their head in the clouds, but mm-hmm. they don't have their feet on the ground. Sure, know? sure. You, you got to like actually look at the nuts and bolts of things, and it's less exciting than getting in that. Yeah, shopping and mindset. and you don't want to you don't want to rain on anybody's parade or shatter their dreams. But I tell you what, I'd rather have that dream shattered before I get into it and end up losing. Yeah, you know, because it could go really bad in in, in a yeah. really bad way. Things always work out better when you have realistic expectations for right. something. Sure, and, and the buyers who take their time and try to. You know, it's impossible for it not to be some emotion involved when mm-hmm. you're buying, especially your first house. It's emotional. It's exciting. Sure. It's big highs, big lows. But the more you can kind of try to um, limit your that that type of thinking, I feel like the better result those type of people get. Right. It, you know, it's, sure. Yeah. It, it's something where it's fine to take things slow. Look at the nuts and bolts of it. Don't get caught up in like, I have to have this. I need this. I want it now. Yeah, you and, and you know, buying or selling a house isn't something that happens overnight in the first place. I mean, no. it maybe has, yeah, but not very often. It's a process, and yeah. you might as well go through the entire process, and it just makes everything that much better. 100%. Mm. Yeah. yeah. How does somebody get a hold of realty expert John Brodine? Yeah, if they want to become a client, uh, reach out to me, 701-213-5428. Um, I still have openings to be able to take on new clients. It's a busy market right now. A lot of people want to move. Um, so get in touch with me if you want to become a client. Follow me on social media. I'm posting content almost daily. Instagram, uh, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, everywhere. So You get around. Yep. All yeah, right. Got to be everywhere. Hey, um, I won't be here on Friday, but uh, you'll be in good hands with Dale. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's good talking to you, man. Yeah, you too, John. And uh, take care of yourself. All right, there we go. That is your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast. Realty expert John Brodine in the studio today. He'll be back with Dale again on Friday morning at 10 o'clock. Till then, have yourself a great day.